Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, Episode Three One Seven. I'm your host Ryan Johnson. Uh, Tim Spence has joined us. Adrian Petty. Hi. My Lawrence. Why was there a delay on me? I don't know. I kind of just blasted through no Tim's delay on me. Too. I didn't get a yeah. chance to say it's, anything. It is. It is for you. It is for you to insert the drum roll, Madden Post. <laughs> I was gonna try to do it like on my desk, and then I realized it would probably like vibrate into the microphone and just cause hell. So I won't be doing that. Uh, some of the top stories this week include Sea of Thieves is getting a battle pass. Oh, so yeah. I was excited for that one. Uh, unfortunately, two key Bioware uh, leads have left the studio. Halo Infinite uh, dev responds to unfounded Battle Royale rumors. And uh, Marvel's Avengers sold below expectations. I think we've. we've known no way. This. What? Yeah. And then also, <laughs> we have updated uh, numbers and percentages on how much time people are spending on games during the pandemic uh, in the u.s which probably relates i think kind of to all the all the western uh countries in the world um we're gonna start with what's new uh anyone want to go first matt does uh sure <laughs> okay uh so i i beat um i beat something this week i forget what it was already oh i beat Spider- miles morales Spider-Man. Yeah. that's right <laughs> Uh, well, it's because it was a beat your cock. God damn Jesus. This is a family podcast. I mean, it isn't. It's labeled explicit every week, but um, because of Adriano, because of, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> of because of comments <laughs> like that. Um, His mere existence is considered explicit. <laughs> yep. But uh, no, the reason why it was the reason why I couldn't remember is because it was a it was a bit of a surprise. So I was gonna boot up some more Death Stranding, and I just I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to swing around the city for a bit. So I was gonna just do a little bit of side stuff, and I did that. And actually, like, literally fell into a into a main mission um, off of a building, and then, like, it just, like, started the cutscene. So I was like, well, I'm here. I might as well just do this one main mission then. And I did that one. Story kind of picked up a bit. Did another one. Then I think you were online, Ryan. And I was like, I'm at this particular point. Am I, like, far? Like, what what's my kind of my status? Because the percentage, I wasn't sure how much of the percentage in the save was based on the free roam stuff versus story. And you're like, you're doing pretty good. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do like one more mission. And I did one more after you went to bed and it, and it said like the story was very, very much hinting at it, like coming to a conclusion. And so I go and I'm like, I'm going to approach the next mission to see how far it is away. I'm just going to approach it. And then I got that warning. Like this is the last mission. And I was like, well, I'm not leaving it here. So I finished up the game um, I really liked the ending. I really liked the last few missions. The story was really the driving force for me. Uh, I did do a fair bit of the caches just to sort of get like some of the rewards from those. Um, and I'm pretty well leveled up too. Like I don't feel under leveled, even though I did, even though there is a lot. <clears throat> excuse me, still on the map. Um, there's a bunch of skills too for doing those um, uh, those challenges that uh, Peter Parker left for you. I did all of the ones for movement. None of the ones for stealth yet. And I think one of the one more for one of the other ones because the movement ones. So uh, if you haven't played Spider-Man yet, you kind of get into the groove of swinging, and you know as you land on rooftops and as you land on like perches and stuff like that, there's ways to like boost off of them and like web zip past and ways to sort of get around the obstacles of the city and just alternative ways where it's like oh like there's not many there's not as many high buildings here. So I'm going to go toward that water tower, sort of like zip through the bottom, hit the roof, do a, like a jump start, and then like, or like a, it's kind of like you hit the roof, roll, do like a jump start off that roll, and then you like kind of pick up speed or you maintain speed or whatever the case is. 
And so I kind of got into that groove and it was still sort of a muscle memory from the original Spider-Man game on PS4. And I was missing some of that. And at first I thought it was just me having, you know, forgot stuff or just thought I could do that and I couldn't. But then I realized those challenges were around. So I was like, okay, right away, I'm nailing all these challenges out because I want my full movement spectrum. So I did those. And then I just never really bothered with the bothered with the others. But um, I like I like Miles Morales uh, a lot better than the original Spider-Man game. And I really like the original Spider-Man game. Nothing wrong with it. But I think the big thing with Miles Morales was that it had it was it was short and sweet, but it was like well done. And the story actually pushed you along. There wasn't any filler. And the filler really was like some of those side things does have a little bit of story kind of attached to it and stuff like that. And so that was sort of nice to have, to be totally honest. Um, even though it was like absolutely if you're a person that's like a completionist and you just rip through games, you could probably rip through this thing in one long sitting. Realistically, if you, you know, rip through story first and then you rip through the map like next, I would say one, two long sittings maybe. Absolutely, because I I think I only had maybe two long sittings, and the one was made long by the fact that I was like progressing so well, which was my last one. So, but it, it just it just felt nice to be for it not to be this Spider-Man game that just kept droning on and droning on and droning on, and with the fact that the progression was seemed to be really good, like I was leveling up well, had no problems with that. I had a bunch of suits, I had a bunch of gear, and yes, I, yes, there is a bunch of stuff I still have yet to unlock for um, upgrading my gadgets and, and stuff along those lines. But anything that I am specifically using is, you know, cl- top tier or well upgraded gear that I, I don't feel like I'm being cheated. And there's so much side stuff left that if I want to swing around the city and just go beat up some bad guys or go like there's like the, these little audio puzzles, go to an audio puzzle or whatever the case may be. There's tons of that still there. Plus new game plus, of course, if I want to go back through the story. And in this game, they actually added some skills and I think a couple other things that you have to obtain in a in a new game plus. So there's actually some incentive to do a new game plus as well if that if you want to you know keep going back through and back through. But I just thought it was like the perfect length. Uh, I'm not really like a, a music lover, but like the uh, even the like the the music just really matched the story. It really matched the environment, uh, even just swinging around like after a mission or like during a mission or whenever the music would come in, it was just like well matched to the scene. And that, that was really cool. Um, and the, the ray tracing and this, like the reflections were crazy. Like there were, there, there were reflections. So I realized like we were, there's this one level where you're in this lab, you're like, you know, hacking something or whatever. And Spider-Man like walks up to a computer to like go and hack it or whatever the heck he's doing. And there's like a, the the camera moves slightly to the right. So in real life, although I wasn't expecting it in game at all, it would, you know, potentially add a little bit of a reflection. And they had like a real-time reflection in this window. And that's 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 un, that's unheard of in games. You know, that's a lot of computing power that usually would just be ignored or like I wasn't expecting it at all. And then I saw it and I was like, you know what? That is actually what it would be like in real life. Like that's that's a lot of detail for like this random little like, hey, let me just hack this computer real quick. So the reflections are nuts. The performance is great. I had one area in one side mission that where it chugged. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was just because it was like a really crazy level or it was an unoptimized room. It was literally one room. But no, nothing in the main story, nothing in the free roam that I've seen personally. Everything runs really well. And I'm really happy with it. Like it's my first PS5 game that I've beaten officially. 
I think it might be my only <laughs> PS5 game I own. Uh, and no, your first, I guess uh, hmm? your first single player you beat in a long time. First single, well, I beat Rage uh, Rage Two as well. Didn't you oh, beat Ghost right. of Tsushima as well? I beat yeah, so I, yeah, I did Ghost of Tsushima as well. Oh, look at you then, eh? Well, I just, I think I mentioned this before, but I just, I just started. I, I used to only play things on like a long session basis. Now I don't know whether this is because of the new consoles, because they're able to switch fast or whatever. But I mean, Ghost of Tsushima was obviously on PS4. But I just, I've just started to like utilize the small bits of time in between things. So like instead, like what would end up happening before would be. Oh, you know, which I have to like, let's say I have to meet you guys uh, for this show. So I'm like, oh, I have an hour. I might as well just like sit here and watch Netflix or like go on Twitter or TikTok or something or like do a little work or whatever. And I would just do something sort of small to fill the time. And now I'm totally fine with, oh, I'll jump in and do a quick, quick level of like, you know, rage or I'll jump in and do a quick level of mafia or whatever the case may be. So that's been helping me quite a bit. I've also been more okay with not being a completionist in games lately. So I I'm, I don't go the full Adriano route where I only do this only do the main stuff. No, but see, <laughs> no, but the thing, no, but because I, I do enjoy the side stuff. But what, I but don't I, do just main stuff though. I do side stuff. But I you, just you do. Go, sorry, go ahead. My, if it makes my, sense to the story, my intention is to only do the main stuff. I do side stuff when it can flow nicely. As soon as it disrupts the flow of my gameplay, where I have to go out of my way and I kind of just takes me away from the the immersiveness, the immersion, then I don't do it. But if if it can if if it can be woven in nicely and just kind of seamless, and it doesn't doesn't disrupt the tone or the pace at which I'm playing, I will then do side stuff. Yeah. So like, um, as long so- as soon as, as soon as it feels like a chore, that's when it's done for me. So I guess I guess I'm kind of along those lines, although not as much. So what I would traditionally do in an open world game is try to clear the areas or I'd feel bad for leaving content behind because it's like, oh, you paid for this. You should like beat everything. And I like, you know, it's interesting to see people that would finish a game completely like they have the 100 percent saves and you see them on Reddit and stuff like that. So it's just sort of like something where I felt obligated to do everything. And I just realized um I mean, Spider-Man is a good example because just because it's so fresh in my mind is like, you know, they introduced this audio puzzle thing and it became a side activity. And I was just like, man, there's never going to be a day where I log in to my PlayStation, short of it being like, I want all the trophies one day, which I don't right now. And there's never going to be a day where I'm like, man, I I really want to log into Spider-Man and really do some audio puzzles. And so I looked at those as a chore and just thought the hell with this. But yet there's some other ones where, you know, locate the underground cache or whatever, where they're just sort of like these hidden boxes and uh, time capsules as well. Same type of thing. And I'm totally fine with those because I'm swinging around the city. I'm around anyway. And so they kind of flow nicely in that regard. I will still go out of my way, though, uh, which is sort of the, the non of the age on a way. But like, I will go out of my way to do some side stuff. But I just, I don't feel uh, obligated anymore, really, to, like, finish each and everything. Uh, I just don't, I just don't bother. And and it, it also stems a little bit from, from Call of Duty, strangely. So, Call of Duty, if I start the campaign, I always feel the obligation to finish it. Now, I understand a COD game isn't, isn't super long, so it's not hard to finish. But Call of Duty, I, I buy it for the multiplayer aspect. I don't really buy it for the aspect of... You know, like, oh, I'm going to beat the story on Veteran or God knows what. So, like, the last f- couple Call of Duties that I've purchased, not in any sort of order because I've skipped some, 
I just didn't do the story or I like fully did the story and like Modern Warfare, I just did part of the story was like, okay, like I've experienced the story. Like I have no problem with it. It's like, you know, it's a Call of Duty story. It's good, but whatever. And I just go and do the multiplayer and I don't have that obligation anymore. And I think that's helping me kind of get through because it's really monotonous in open world games to be like, oh, I'm in the mountainous region. So like I have to go and like go to the left and I go to this area and I'll climb in here and I got to go check this cave. Now I got to go here and do this, like, align the clouds and, like, you know, just stupid crap that's in these open world games. So I just, I don't feel that anymore, <laughs> and that's helping me. Uh, and I don't feel obligated to finish games anymore. Like like I said earlier, Gears Tactics, I've played that game quite a bit, and it feels like it's just getting started. I, I'm going to reach a point, I think, before the end of the game where I'm going to be like, I'm done this game. <laughs> like, I, I don't your, need to um, beat this game. Your gear, and not your gears, your COD is usually on Xbox, though, right? Yeah. Uh, when you're doing, when you're doing uh, Spider-Man, the Miles Morales one, on PS5, right? You weren't doing it on PS4? Yeah, PS5, yeah. Uh, were you using, were you utilizing those, like, activity cards at all? Were you using that to kind of jump around, or were you actually always in-game? So I don't know whether I mentioned it on this on this podcast or whether I was just having a conversation with somebody, but I used the uh, activity cards once to jump to a mission. It just like took me directly pretty much to the mission. I don't remember whether it like auto started the mission or just dropped me very close to the person. Like, yeah, I don't remember. I had to like go up to the person and say hi or like, you know, whatever and start it. But it was it was like at the beginning of the mission in some in some capacity. But the thing is, is with cards like that. And I and I've said this before, but Windows, too. I don't find cards like that useful at all because when they're dynamic information, because they're dynamic in nature, I never reach for them. Like when you reach for something in a digital product in general, as like sort of a UX thing, you're doing something very intentional. Like I open start menu and then click on Microsoft store because I'm going to download this game, right? You're never going like, I'm going to click the start menu and watch the Microsoft live tile to see what's new. Like no one, no one ever does that. And I, I equate the, the the tiles on PlayStation to be the t- to be like the tiles here. Now I will say I didn't realize that the party screen, like if you go, if you join a party, specifically a party voice chat in PlayStation, one of those cards uh, in my experience is always the party. And so sometimes if I need to access the party instead of me going down to game base and et cetera, et cetera, I will use the card for those. But that's because those are absolutes. When something's dynamic and just randomly filled in, I never reach for it because I why would I think to like why would I go Man, like, I want to do a side mission. I'll just quickly scroll down. Or I'll just, like, quickly check the card and see if this side mission is around. Like, it, it just feels really unnatural, and I always forget about it. So I just never really bothered, other than to test it once. Um, Tim, what's new with you? Um, really not much. I've just been working through Red Dead still. Um taking taking sweet time working through it i'm, I'm really not i'm try, really trying not to play it like that much at all outside of stream so that i can kind of show everything savor it. and like how i'm doing mm, i guess maybe savor it a bit i mean i think there's enough game there um that you, you don't have to take that much time with it i mean if i had just been doing it in my own time i would definitely be done with it by now but i i do like um you know getting that chance to to stretch it out uh a little bit um it's just it's just good um i haven't the only other thing that i've really been playing is just kind of like casually every every once in a while like after dinner kayla and i might do a couple of rounds of like smash bros but other than that 
Red Dead's really all I've had time for, so that's good too. I mean, it's a big one. Like it is a time sink and a half if you if you're re- and you're really getting into it too. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to do like I'm trying to see what it has to offer, right? Because I I when I played through it before on on PlayStation, I like apparently I barely scratched the surface. Like I thought that I was doing a lot by doing like side missions and like roaming around as much as I could with um like trying to find random events and stuff like that um but man i had no idea like i looked some stuff up about the game just casually and like i had no idea that there were like special hats around the world that you can find and like unique things like that that there are some rare weapons that you can find in like very specific locations or scenarios or whatever and there are um like the the rock carvings and like lots of collectibles and stuff like i knew there were the dinosaur bones and things but the collectibles my god there's just so much that you can find in this game which is like super cool because i think they've done it that way so that you can replay the game and find different stuff all the time like i'm not gonna just like you know once i finish the story or whatever i'm not just gonna keep roaming around the world trying to find every single possible um random event and stuff like I'll definitely like when I'm I'm done I'll be done and then maybe in another couple of years I can play it again and do like an uh, a dishonorable playthrough and see how the story is different and stuff like that. Um, I do like that. I feel like a lot of the time in in video games and open world RPGs, like a lot of the time they kind of expect the person the 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 main player to pick the good option a lot of the time, um, and that the evil option consists of like either saying no to an opportunity and like being a dick about it or um like just killing characters and then that by extension cuts you off from opportunities so like either way you like have less of a of a chance to to do stuff in the game like if you want to do everything that it has to offer you have to be a good guy kind of thing right um but with this game, from what I've seen from like, because I was doing, I was trying to play it dishonorably at the beginning and I just couldn't do it because I just, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm a wuss and I can't stand when video game characters are mad at my character. Um, <laughs> God damn it. But, but uh, what's cool about this game is that if you pick the dishonorable option, it's not that you're cutting yourself off from opportunity. It's just that Arthur is a dick about agreeing to it. So like, or like when he goes through with something. You know, when you're trying to get, um, you know, you're trying to strong arm the money off of the people that owe it to you or something like that. It's like you can either, you know, be sort of like a slap on the wrist kind of thing and be like, well, you borrowed money from us and you do owe it back. Like that was the arrangement you made. And they're like, yeah, I guess that's true. And then you can like help them to get like, you know, do whatever task and get in their good graces. And then they feel, you know happy in giving you back the money they owe you but if you're dishonorable you could just you can just strong arm them and be like no fuck you i'm not going to help you you got yourself in this situation i'm taking the money and then you can <laughs> yeah. just like you can rob their homestead or you can take the money off of them or you can like knock them out or you can do whatever right so you're still getting to the same end result but you're just doing it in a less kind way which is i think it's a really difficult balance to strike where like you know, I think a lot of people interpret being the, the being a like a bad guy as just being chaotic evil and just doing whatever you want, killing whoever you want to to get what you want. 
And a lot of the time, you know, you can get more out of some situations doing it that way, or sometimes you'll get less. Um, like there's even like the first time that you go to rob a store in like the story, a little tooltip pops up and, and sh- tells you it's like sometimes not killing everybody right away is like a good call <laughs> because you can get more information out of them if they're alive. Like they, they can give you a tip as to where where some hidden uh, some hidden store of caches like that sort of thing. Right. So. um how I just, so I just like the way you're playing it. as a good character, right? But like yeah. when you're out in the world, and it's not impacting the story, are you robbing people or are you being nice to people? Out out in the world, yeah. So just you know, you're you're done a you're done a main quest, and you're just going out to go hunting or something, and you're gonna just find wagons and mm-hmm. God knows whatever you're gonna run into. Are you like me? I was just constantly masking up. You're getting robbed, and like immediately rob them. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not doing that because a lot of the time, like even if I do stuff accidentally, it'll be like, oh, that was dishonorable to kill this person who randomly was like, hey, fuck you, in the middle of the street, and then they start shooting at you, so you shoot them back, and then the game's like, oh, dishonorable, you murdered them, and I'm like, they fucking attacked me first, <laughs> and like bullshit like that, right? So uh, it's been it's been hard enough trying to be honorable all the time <laughs> that like I don't even I don't even bother trying to do stuff that could be construed as dishonorable because the game does it anyway so right but have yeah, you reached a point in the game where somebody remembers you yeah like yeah, there's, like there's a random though yeah there, it, there have been times like so like you know minor story spoilers um you know you you do various uh different heists throughout the game and like if you go back to those towns where you did the heist and it's like part of the main story um and then if you go back to those towns like later they'll be like, you know, you go into a store and then the guy behind the counter will be like, oh, I remember you. You're going to behave yourself this time or something like that. And uh, that's and that's always cool to see. I love I love seeing things like that. And like that's to be expected, right? Because it's part of the main story. So it's like, okay, whatever. That's not that uh, impressive. But what is impressive is when you like, when you go to like a random homestead when you're just out, out in the world and you start like looting stuff and then like halfway through your looting things you realize oh shit someone's in this house and they're just like you need to get out of here right now or like <laughs> if you're you're just walking through some random farm and you're like oh hey that cow is a is a three-star cow i do need a perfect cow pelt and so you like you like kill the cow and uh and skin it and then the rancher is like you motherfucker what do you do blow and then you know blah 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 so um you uh it's cool when you go back to like those homesteads they'll be like you know you need to get out of here right now i remember what you did and and stuff like that like those those are what makes this game like really cool to me is is all the little polish uh facets like that where random npcs will remember you too like there have been so many times when i've just been like and (laughs) it's like almost every time now on stream where i like walk into a town and somebody would be like, hey, you, I remember you. Thank you so much. You saved my life. And, like, I literally legitimately do not remember what I did <laughs> in, in in my playthrough to, like, save this person's life. Because, like, every there's, like, that one random event where someone, like, comes out of the bush and they're like, sir, you got to help me. I've been bit by a snake. And you can, like, either give them a health cure or you can suck the venom out. And so I've just made it a point to just always suck the venom out. <laughs> so I could just say, like, oh, yeah, I sucked that dude. I sucked that dude. Um, oh, jeez. So like it's just become a thing now in 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 my in my chat where like I'll you know I'll be going into a general store and they'll be like oh this man saved my life I told you this man is the best you uh you know you go into the store you buy anything on me like uh 
And so now I'm just like, I don't remember who this person is. And everyone will be like, did you suck him? Did you suck him? Did you suck that guy? Did you suck this guy? <laughs> can't remember who I sucked. There's too many people in this game. <laughs> That's great. This, I don't think there's a game that I can remember that like, that has the world track so much stuff that isn't attached to a main story or mm-hmm. is just attached to you doing something. Like it's so, it's. It makes going like I have this weird fascination with just like hanging out in towns in in RPGs because I just want to see what they're like, and I find that in Ubisoft games in particular, the experience is so shallow that I just sort of use the town as a place to like save or whatever it is I'm doing there. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like in Red Dead, I could spend like an hour fucking around and like getting the pork chops and in, in the saloon and then having a bar fight, all unscripted. All totally random, not attached to the story. The story is, you know, cities away or whatever. And I'm just like having a <laughs> like a, a big old fight in uh, in Valentine, and then like going up into the mountains and stuff. I remember one particular one particular one that are, uh, of an NPC remembering me. He probably still does on that save. Is the guy who owns Emerald Ranch? He's he's like the he's like the old dude that sits up top of the uh, like the main house. He just like sits on the porch or works in the yard or whatever, and. I've like pissed him off. I forget what I did originally, but I pissed him off to the point where he's always like, get the hell out of here. And and then he's like, all right, that's it. And he like comes running down. He has a big (laughs) fight with me. So what I do every single time I go to hit Emerald Ranches, if he's back, um, I will like, because I usually knock him out and it takes a while for the game to bring him back. He like comes out and his dog comes up to me because I'm friends with his dog, but not friends with him. And so his dog comes running (laughs) up to me and I'll go up and pet and I'll be like, you're okay, boy. And then he's in the background. He's like, hey, what are you doing? You son of a bitch. What are you doing, Osama, bitch? That's it. And he comes running down, like, full speed off the balcony. And then I just, like, <laughs> fight him every time. And then every single time, like, the guy, there's, like, a guy that's working in the field with him, usually. It's, like, um, I think it's the guy that's, like, harvesting the potatoes or whatever the heck it is. And he, every single time, he's like, man, mister, you got, you really got to get out of here this time. <laughs> like, every single time. Come back, pet his dog, beat him up, get told to leave. <laughs> um, as for myself... Uh, I've been uh, loving the hell out of uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Damn, mm-hmm. I've, I've put in like maybe week. thirty hours so far. Jesus, uh, I think I'm a major Assassin's Creed fan now. I think that's just how it is. You love Odyssey. Are you a fan now because of the way the games are now, and you just didn't yes, like them? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Well, no, I've always been a fan of of Assassin's Creed. I've, I've played every single of the the main games. Um, but it was never like in my top, like even 10, I think list of, of like favorite games, but ever since mm-hmm. Odyssey and now Valhalla, um, it's definitely like climbing the ranks. Was and there was like, just, was there oh, just something about the games before you didn't like, and now you like these ones or you just appreciate the way that the, that the games have gone? I, I'm never, I'm not a big stealth gamer, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think the older games were kind of more focused on a, on a, a stealth approach, as the kind of mandatory first attempt, I guess. But now, like, there's no real punishment for not going stealth. You know, they're yeah. more action game than than stealth game. Yeah, from what I've seen, I mean, and I'm not super familiar with uh, with the way the games are anymore. With like Black Flag being the last one that I really actually played. Um, but I think it's cool that like they were just kind of like, yeah, I think people have gotten their fill of like the old style game. And like, if you want to go back and play that, there's always the Ezio collection. Like that's, that's always going to be like the un unfiltered, um, OG Assassin's Creed experience for those that want it. Yeah. But the new ones are like, if you don't want to be 
a stealthy assassin. Like, it's not so much... <clears throat> like, I bet you if they could change the series name from Assassin's Creed, they would. Because it's not mm-hmm. really so much about assassins anymore. It's more so just about, like, exploring their open worlds, like, in action games and stuff. Which yeah, is totally cool. Like, I think they've... they've those, the old games have kind of run their course, right? It's time for something fresh. I don't remember the last game when you were actually a member of the uh, Assassin's Creed. Mm. Like, because, like, obviously, Origins is, is the beginning, so you're not technically an Assassin member. Yeah. Odyssey was before Origins. Um, I don't think you become an Assassin in Black Flag. As far as I can remember from the well, story. The one before least. that was Syndicate. I don't think... No, Syndicate was after Black Flag. Yeah, I'm saying the one before, like if you're rolling backwards before, oh, yeah. After, Sy- uh, yeah, Syndicate. Syndicate you're then, not, you're not in the Assassin's yeah. Creed either. Unity. I guess maybe Unity, right? Or yeah. Unity, Assassin Unity, you run your own like local creed. Mm-hmm. Then right. Rogue was a reverse on that. Rogue was a Paladin or Paladin uh, Templar. Templar? Temp- Templar, yeah, it was a reverse. Like I think you you start off as an assassin and then you you bail for the Templars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but then but then you you use all your assassin like skills. So you're you're pretty much acting as an assassin, you just replace your assassin logo with a Templar logo. There's a turncoat, yeah. yeah. Which I'm like, "Oh, as a as a workaround cheat for developing this game, that's that was a neat take for them to do that." I agree, yeah. Yeah, I, I have that game. Uh, I, I think it's still sealed. I've seen some stuff on it. It's like still a sealed 360 game that I've got. Um, but I do want to get around to playing that one eventually because it's like the same engine as Black Flag. But mm. uh, it's it's definitely almost like a flip on the story, and I'm really interested in that. I, I think like there's like that. a dual pack, right, on Switch too. You could maybe pick yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah, Black Flag and three. No, there's. I mean, there's no point. I already have Black, Black Flag, Flag also and on Wii U. That's right. Yep. Oh, was your yep. 360? For some reason, I thought your 360 broke. Nope, it's fine. Oh, okay. I still have that four gig arcade one that I put a like oh, right. a third. I put a third party uh, like 250 gig <laughs> like hard drive into it, so it's that was massive for the time. It was massive. I bought it for like Game, 80 bucks. Yeah. It was great. So, And I got that Xbox for free as well. So I got a 250 gig Xbox 360 for free. Or for not for free, for like 80 bucks. That's great. Some decent deal. So I've also been playing uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Oh, yeah. I started, I started that up um, because that is from the studio that made Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, this game is also in ancient Greece. And uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. It definitely seems to be like um, kind of targeted, maybe at a slightly younger audience, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's a, it's just, it's, it's nice and simple, uh, you know. It's good every once in a while. Yeah, and it's just like you don't have to worry about a thousand different things. It's just like here's a small little world to explore, and there's like puzzles in the world you got to do and stuff. And I am enjoying the hell out of it. So I'm having a good uh, next gen gaming experience right now. Is that a PS? Is that a next like a PS five gen only or no? It's 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 on both gens, but um, okay. Obviously, I bought the PS five version. So that's what I've been doing. Cool. Okay, let's hop into the stories. Adriano, how are you feeling about this battle pass on Sea of Thieves? Did Adriano say what he was doing? Oh, no. I guess no. Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna, I was going to wait till the end of the episode to, to oh call Ryan God. out. On. <laughs> I was going to wait till you cut and then start talking about what I was playing. Okay, what are you playing? <laughs> Nothing really. <laughs> um, 
I finished uh, a mediocre game, Resident Evil Revelations 2. And that game is all parts, like there are different slices of um, Last of Us and Resident Evil and Silent Hill. And it's all like the most surface level of each of those games. And they tried to put it into one game. And that is the best way I can describe it. It is an incredibly forgettable game. It is um, oddly paced, shittily voiced. Um, <laughs> it's not a it's not a very fun game at all. And it had it had one of the weirdest like character switching mechanics that I've ever seen, where they gave you two control of two characters at any one time, and in order to utilize you have, like one character can see stuff in the environment, but only one the only character can act and actually shoot or fight. So you're constantly switching back and forth. So I found myself clearing both rooms twice. It was an incredibly painful experience and I'm glad to be done it. I've played both DLC campaigns as well, but now I can put that behind me. Um, I'm trying to decide what I've decided the next four AAA games that I'm going to play. I'm trying to decide which order to play them in. Maybe you guys can. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I hear it's good. Yeah. Yeah, It's a little (laughs) little indie title called Red Dead 2. I don't know if you guys heard it. Uh, Control. Or uh, what the fuck was the fourth one? Um, the Evil Within, you want to go back through that long-ass game. I, I would actually <laughs> wouldn't mind replaying that game. And I'll, I'll tell you something, Matt. I regret playing it on a on a, on a a stream. On a, I regret playing it the way I played it. You know, the, what, you know what's interesting about that is I am super glad that you played it because I was going to claw my damn eyes out. And I never want to see that game again. But I'm and glad because I saw it. Because you want to know why? Because I played that game the wrong way that I normally play those games. I'm very methodical and i i i i very careful with my steps and i my inventory management is very specific and i was catering to the three of you and i was catering to a recording and it was completely changed the way that i play that game and i almost want to go and replay that game because that is not the way that are, I you, are you sure because yeah you sounded yeah. pretty like and it's on tape you sounded pretty defeated when you looked up at that like six-story building you know and what? it grew to like a 50-story <laughs> building and you're like oh my god do we have to go through this whole fucking place again yeah you know what it was? i think i think i was just done with the way that i was playing that game but i wouldn't mind trying to get that game another go and i That's think i would of... be, and i Sorry. think i would go play it again on pc if i had to give it another shot that's kind of like why I've been doing a little bit of Red Dead like off stream too is just because like I'm playing it a little bit differently than the way that I would play it just casually myself because the way that I would play it is like super boring to watch like really methodically slowly working my way through every checklist because I just I have mm-hmm. that completionist play style and like I'm not just gonna do that because people want to see like different actiony yeah. bits happening. People want to see the story developing and stuff like that. So I do side stuff and I do the story um, on stream, but then afterwards, like I'll just go and do some hunting yeah. or I'll do some, like, I'll sit at a fucking blackjack table and I'll play 20 hands of blackjack and then I'll, you know, so you go can, customize my horse and, you know, so you can definitively say that if you weren't playing that for stream, if you were just playing it for you, mm-hmm. you would be definitively, you would be playing that differently. Correct. Like, it would be, 
like to answer like a, bi- a binary question, yes or no, would it be different or would it be the exact exactly the same? The answer is no, it would be different. Yeah. Um, but it's not like it's insanely different. It's just that I'm kind of like taking the time myself to do a lot of the busy work um, just for me because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy like I get that sense of satisfaction from completing it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, mm-hmm. that was fun. Just getting those like little serotonin uh, injections every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um like I'm doing all the fishing. Like who wants to sit and watch somebody fish in a video game in a stream, right? Like so I'm fishing up like the legendary fish. I'm hunting legendary animals, which for the most part is actually honestly kind of entertaining. Um We did look that, up uh, fishing planet on Twitch and there was like about five streams. Yeah. yeah. So with a, with a total of like sixteen is, viewers. It is yeah, it, yeah, it, exactly. it absolutely it absolutely <laughs> changes when you when you're streaming something or when you're doing like and like even something as simple as like Hitman on when we were doing the the episodes uh we we played um we, we each played each, each episode we each played each episode and it was like okay well i'm not going to play the way that matt or ryan played it because they are simply i don't want to just show it again but i would have played it the way that matt or ryan would have played it <laughs> if i had played it myself like like i like it changes streaming something changes the way that you're playing something well, yeah, of course you got to be yeah. you got to be on, you're, right? Yeah, you're ent- you're entertaining. You're 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 a performer in a sense. Yep. And 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 that's why I think like I go like I would want to go back and completely restart Hitman or uh, the Evil Within and kind of do it the way that I would have originally wanted to play it. But um, so I think between the the three, I think the four that the fourth one I was thinking of was Cyberpunk, but it's not out yet correct or is it coming out next it's week out in like six or five or six days six yeah. days yeah. yeah so it's so it's either between control assassin's creed syndicate red dead 2 or cyberpunk would these all be on pc these would all be on pc um okay. my red vote dead... is going to be controlled then now hang on a minute how fast do you is there a goal in mind other than beating it is there like do you prefer to expediently get a check mark or do you prefer a long slow burn I prefer whatever feels right. <laughs> it's hard to say. I don't. I can't. I can't really. I can't yeah, really answer what that you're question. At the time. Yeah. I I want to play the game and I want to enjoy it. I just don't want it to completely consume my life. Like, are you going gosh, to play like Control? Yeah. Fuck. Would you like to? Are you going to play? <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Uh, are you going to play Control DLC? Like you have the complete oh, edition. That is yes. I fully. I don't have it yet, but I fully intend on playing it. Control Man, then. I think mainly, you're gonna like that way because, better. Mainly because I am a massive Alan Wake fan. I want to see how they tie that in. In fact, actually, Ryan, my question for you is, and I think I can't remember if I asked this before, is the controlled DLC, is it is it specifically written to be post game or is it written for to be woven in with main game? Like should uh, I play it and I then play the DLC or should I play everything together as the best of my ability? Uh, I I I don't know for like a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure it's after it's post okay. content. Oh, so so I'll probably just play the game, buy it, and then play that. Um, all through the Syndicate, uh, Control, and Red Dead would all be on PC uh, through different various clients. Cyberpunk though is actually going to be Stadia. That's how I'm going to play that one. Here's a My question for you, Adriano, just because I'm like curious as to how you would it works in your brain. Um, if you're going to play a game like Control, for example, 
and you're like fairly certain or it's already been confirmed that there's going to be like a version that comes out with all the DLC and stuff. Mm-hmm. Will you wait to play it to have the like air quotes definitive experience? Or if you want to play something, will you just play it? And then if DLC comes out later, you'll play the DLC then. Uh, I'll probably just play it if I have it. So like Control, I bought it and then all the DLC came out. So I'm just going to play the version that I have, which is not the definitive one. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just buy the DLC piecemeal. If I didn't have it and then they said, hey, there's going to be a definitive version coming out later with all everything packed in, that might sway me to just to wait. Um, but then I'll also get fucked on purchases because then like Control's on Game Pass now, apparently. So it's like, if I if I buy it and then don't end up playing it and then ends up coming to a subscription I pay for anyway, that kind of ticks me off. So, yeah, I think that's kind of like what the average person does. Yeah. Like, like with control, I think they said you're getting a, like a, like an upgrade only if you buy the definitive version or the ultimate edition from, I think there was like some outcry about that, which pissed for, for the next gen consoles. Yes. Um, like that, like that wouldn't bother me at all. Like if they said, "Hey, you're locked into, you're locked into uh, the version you have, unless you buy the definitive one, and then you get an upgrade." I'd be like, "Nah, I'll just play the version that I have." I fully intend on playing Spider Man when I want to play Spider Man on PS4. I'm not going to bother to wait to get a PS5 to play it. The day that I decide to play it, I'll just buy it on PS4 if, if I don't have a PS5. Um, other than that, I think I've retired magic the gathering again i don't think i'm going back to that for a while maybe a couple years i still play hearthstone still play overwatch played some world war z with you guys um and then that's pretty much it i feel like uh, something. back to my question adriano how do you feel about this (laughs) battle pass for uh, sea of thieves i think you're the only kind of consistent sea of thieves player right now so yeah um, Let me just lay it out here for for people. Yeah, um, this is from IGN. Uh, announced as part of the final seas, final Sea of Thieves news for 2020, Rare will be moving away uh, from the game's consistent monthly update model. The season system will replace this, bringing players new content every three months with a new way of play introduced in every season, uh, starting with season one in January of 2021. Each season will feature regular and featured live events as well as new rewards. Uh, for pirate outlaws to uncover. Uh, You'll progress through 100 levels of pirate renown in each season, unlocking new rewards for your pirate player character and their ship. This will be separate from the existing progression system, which uh, sees you ranking up companies by engaging with certain pockets of gameplay. Players who have achieved the coveted title of pirate legend will also be receiving specialized exclusive rewards as part of a new progression progression system. Called the Plunder Pass. How you feeling, Adriano? Um, uh, I I don't mind the name. Uh, <laughs> there's a good there's a good start. Yeah, <laughs> sounds okay. Uh, I oh sorry the plunder the plunder pass is a premium tier of the battle. Yeah, pass, okay. So oh, for the which unlocks more more new stuff. Kind of kind of like the, the the tavern pass in Hearthstone, which which got this exact <laughs> same revamp pretty much, and that I that I go through. Um, man, this is a game that went from one-time purchase to separate premium currency to additional separate premium currency to, uh, 
now a battle slash plunder pass. There's two. There's two premium because when we played yes. it, there was gold and doubloons, but doubloons you just earned when we played. Yes, it. you can't. You can't buy doubloons in the Microsoft Store, but the, you can only. But you use them for premium stuff, and then there's. Like, I don't know what the, what the what the actual premium one is called now. Uh, they're just like tokens, I guess. Um, uh, to be fair, the game launched a criticism that it didn't have any content. Yes, I, I and they've done a really good job with keeping players engaged. They 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 sprinkled just enough missions and just enough mystery in there to to kind of keep things interested. Like even when I'm not playing the game, there is a there is a Twitch. Um, uh, streamer and YouTuber that I follow that that does it that does play regularly that I just kind of check in every once in a while. Um, I I hope that this is. I just I just don't want it to feel cheap. I just don't want it to feel like it's it goes to that. I I don't I don't want them to look at this and say this is just them cashing in on the the this current uh, trend and and. Um, for them to kind of revamp later when something else comes out, um, I don't, I don't think they they will. But I, I'll, I have to see how this feels when it actually comes out. So what I'm understanding is that the the season pass or the battle pass is free, right? But mm-hmm. the plunder pass is the one that gives you better rewards. Yeah. I, th- I think I think the plunder pass is is just what it's called. There's just a premium tier, isn't there? Like the plunder pass is, is it's not this isn't the Sea of Thieves battle pass with a plunder pass. Isn't the whole thing just called the plunder pass and there's a no, premium it tier? This is an optional says, premium says tier of the, the battle pass called the plunder pass, which would be which would be so indicative I, how, of how, the battle pass, right? However you, however you want to name it. Like it doesn't doesn't yeah. like there's there's literally just levels and then there's a free version and then a paid version of it. Whether you want to call it battle which, pass, plunder pass. I guess it's true of, of both like Red Dead online and uh uh, 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 Fortnite is that you technically have a free season pass where you get an item every five levels or whatever it is. Yeah. But if you buy the premium version, you get like a new item every level. Mm-hmm. And right? and like Magic has the same thing with their cards. They have a mastery pass, and and Hearthstone now has the tavern pass. And I don't know what uh, what does follow call it. What do you guys have there? Seasons. You have seasons, and like, what's your? Do you guys have passes? Battle. It's just passes? free. No, it's just free, and you just play, and then you get it. I very much enjoy Sea of Thieves when I play it. I hope this doesn't cheapen it to to the point where I feel like trash playing it. I want to I want to be as I would love to be as involved in the in the Sea of Thieves community as well, I'm not going to use the word. I would love to to be as <laughs> playing it as much as you guys play Fallout. Like I, I, I want to, I want, I would love to get to the point where like when I, when I'm on chat with you guys and, and I'm playing whatever, and the, the four of you are, are fucking around and fallout and you guys are just like playing around with cosmetics and, and, and your, uh, camps. Is that what they're called? Yep. Uh, yeah. Ed's like, and you guys are having a fun time in that environment. I wish I could have that in a game that I that I am playing like sea of thieves. Like I, I wish I had that. And I, and I hope that this does kind of bring players like Matt, like, does this interest you at all? Like, or would you ever come back to sea of thieves? Well, the thing, see, the thing is, is like, I actually did download sea of thieves when I got my series X and I claimed that like free ship that you get for logging in. 
The Xbox themed one. Yeah, the Xbox themed one. And like this uh, this like kind of turns me off a little bit from the game because no, well, here's here's what well, to turn you on. No, but here's here's <laughs> the like here, here's my take of it is you and I, for example, Adriano, did the story content, the first the first round of story content, which was, I don't know, five missions, ten missions, whatever it was. Nine, and it actually. was how much? Nine. And so nine missions. And it was like really challenging. And it was like we had we like had a good time. Like it took a long time per mission, but there was a lot of like riddles and secrets and we had to like figure stuff out. And it felt even though it was like a long time and that type of thing, it didn't feel cheap. But when the game becomes a thing where stuff is timed, like a battle pass, season pass, whatever you want to call it, now it sort of feels like, oh, are they just making this mission long to keep me in here? When th- when we played it, we never got that feeling because it was like, oh, they're, you know, this game, they added this free story and this story is pretty long. Like, wow, this is pretty cool. And it was like really difficult. And like you and I had equated it to Indiana Jones quite a few times, like finding weird stuff on islands and stuff. And then now it now I think that you could kind of equate it to being like, man, like I, can, I don't have time to do this tall tale. You know, I have to run out to the islands and pick up these treasure chests so I can, you know, advance my battle pass or whatever the heck you're going to have to do to advance it. And and Fallout falls into this trap because Fallout has story content with the Settlers, the Raiders, and now the Brotherhood of Steel. But when the season rolls around, the only way to advance the season at a, at a rapid pace, to be clear, is to do challenges. And those challenges, you know, some of them you can just do passively. But at the end of the day, the most efficient way to get through that season pass, of which is a timed thing, is to target the challenges and only exclusively do the challenges. I can't even imagine, or I can't even remember or even think of how many times we've done the same events in game over and over again because they're efficient at clearing out the challenges of like do 10 events, do five events, do whatever. That's and 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 so when you when you play Fallout 76, for example, with a season active, with a season that you want to be, you don't play it normally. Like, I'm, I'm screwing around with my player's build right now quite a bit, right? I'm learning a bunch of the perk cards, and I'm screwing around with that type of stuff. But my, my build needs a lot of maintenance. And I've already said that season rolls around, and my build takes too much maintenance and too much time. Even though it's technically better for my character, I will revert back to my general purpose build so I can do the season faster. Because that just makes more sense. I, I guess I guess the build part of it keeps you engaged in Fallout, among other things. Like Ryan, like what what keeps you engaged in Fallout seventy six? I think it's like the, having a, a little group of friends that play it. Okay, so yeah, that uh, I think it's the community aspect. Okay, so like, like I think with this pass, best case scenario, it keeps me exactly where I am with Sea of Thieves. And like, I just keep, I jump in every once in a while, do the things that I want to do. And I will contribute towards this battle slash plunder pass to the best of my ability in a passive capacity. Worst case scenario, this just kind of pushes me away from the game even more. Um, but, but this is coming out in January. So, you know, may, maybe maybe I'll give it one last hurrah in December sometime for with a sea of thieves that I, that I know of and then see what it's like in in january so you see how well how well this uh this is this is received by the community uh you could always come join us on fallout i'm not against that (laughs) but i would have to play fallout 4 first yeah yeah 
Wait, okay, let, let me, okay, maybe, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I will do this. Do you guys, in a year from now, do you guys still see yourself on Fallout 76? I think if they keep up with the seasons and adding new content and, and, and story expansions, probably. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Then maybe, maybe I will play Fallout 4 next. And then I can join you guys on 76. I mean, the groups are limited to four members. Oh, really? <laughs> Fuck that then. It doesn't, it doesn't matter though. It's not, uh, it just makes it like, you yeah, get a bonus. oftentimes we forget to join each other's group. Yeah. It so, so how matter. do, so wait, if, if you guys are, if the four of you are playing, how do I join your game? Like, you how does join work? on us? Like, you can join the world that we're in. Okay. And we're all friends, and it, and then that's it. Like, if you're, like, the game is very, like, uh, the game is sort of still very, it, the story stuff is very single player, but the world is shared. So if you, for example, Adriano, are trying to do a challenge, and you need to kill 10, I don't know, bot, robots, and you go to, like, Robco, which is, like, a pretty high-level area, uh, or at least it was before One, la- one Wasteland. Anyway, not to get into semantics. You go there, and you're like, guys, I need help. We can all just go there and help you. Like, that's kind of how we play, or we hang out in each other's camps, trade items. Like, it's a shared world, but, like, Marty's off doing story, I'm off doing build stuff, whatever. But then sometimes it'll be like, hey, guys, you guys want to launch a nuke? Yeah, okay, let's do it. And that's server-wide for everybody, including randoms. So then, like, Mm -hmm. we all can get involved in that. So we get the shared world aspect, but it's not like a squad, like, as if, like, yeah, like, if you do a story quest, yes, somebody can join. Only those four people can join you, but we rarely ever do story quests together because, you have to do it at the exact same time and the story quests aren't that hard. So realistically it's the it's the world aspect, the character aspect, the trading, the challenges, the whatever. That's what, okay. that's the that's where the multiplayer shines in 76. Mm, and it's not crossplay, is it? Cuz it's on it's on actually it's on Game Pass no, or PC. Not, not crossplay, no. Maybe maybe look at maybe by the time I get around to it they'll uh I cuz I have Fallout I have it somewhere. I think I have it on PS4 or PC or both. I'll have to take a look. I have a feeling Fallout it's both. Is pretty great on PC. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Pretty attractive. Maybe on on I'm, PC. On PC, yeah. Uh, and I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm kind of like with you, Adriana, where you said that maybe it's like depending on the way it goes, maybe it's going to push you away from the game. Like maybe I'm the weird one, but I feel like <laughs> the the way that a lot of like games are going these days with like the the live things, and it's maybe it's just that I'm not a big fan of the genre, but like. It, it seems to me like the games that I put the most time into, ironically, are the ones that are just like a finished product when they release it and they don't release anything else for that game. Or if they do, it's like very, very minimal and it's not paid. Like it's just an update. Um, whereas with these like live games like Sea of Thieves and stuff or uh, I guess Fallout 76 is a good example as well. In In my head, it's like if they have to keep releasing content for it or the like the the point of the game is that you're playing it during these like recurring seasons and that oh you you have to play it right now because that's when everyone else is playing it and if Mm -hmm. you don't play the season content right now then you're gonna miss out it makes me almost not play that game because of that specifically out of principle not necessarily just out of principle but just like just the fact that like they're like, oh, you have to play it right now to get the best experience. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm not getting the best experience. Like, I want to play the game on my own terms. And if I can't get the best experience playing that game whenever I get around to playing it, 
then I'm just not going to play it because, you know, I don't know if it's like a some weird like offshoot of like FOMO syndrome where it's like, oh, I'm missing out. So I can't have a good experience when I eventually get around to it. So I'll just like I'll wipe it from my list. It's just not even a consideration or or what it is. But like, I don't know, a game inherently feels less valuable to me if they have to keep keep up with it to keep people Mm -hmm. engaged like shouldn't the game stand on its own and keep people engaged for what it is when they release it like the original vision for the game when they release it yeah pretty much when i when i see stuff like this the ps ps2 era adriano in me kind of says like that's not that's not like a complete package to me that is just that's just this module cobbled together thing that is struggling to continue and try and struggling and like it's pretty much adapting with its audience and its environment and like in a way like it makes sense in a in a internet delivered gaming world but just the the retro you know uh, console complete package player in me doesn't like that or just uh, it just feels cheap to me but uh before we move on just uh fall i just checked my weird little uh neurotic database and according to this i have followed four on playstation 4 uh i have the game of the year edition which includes nuka world vault tech workshop contraptions workshop far harbor wasteland workshop and auto automatron automatron yeah automatron i think yeah oh maybe that's a typo then uh i have that version of the game that's, I mean, that, that's the complete package. There you go. I have that on you PS4. Know what, you know what's funny about uh, Fallout 4 is it, it's a better game than 76, but I don't think I can go back to it because 76 just offers too much more in terms of like building or items or cosmetics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's really funny because I remember playing 76 when it came out and being like, oh, this is like not as different from 4 as I was hoping it would be. And then going back and playing four and enjoying the experience more, having played 76, which was like supposed to be newer and have more functionality. And I was just like, damn, this is uh, it's the it's almost like a more polished experience playing four oh, yeah. than 76 right now. Like I said, it's a better game, but there's just there's just so much more content now with 76 than than four. You know, like what you can build in your in your 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 settlements in four is not. Yes, you can build bigger, but you can't build as many things. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, with mods, you can. Um, sure. But, like, that's going to be with any game, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I played 76, and I was like, damn, this is, like, not straight up not as good as I thought it was going to be. And you then, played it in a dark time. <laughs> yeah, that, you, well, pl- you played it in the walking simulator days, yeah. as I called it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, then going back and playing 4, I, and I, I wasn't, like, I liked 4 when it first came out. But I don't know, I guess I was hoping for like a new Vegas 2 and it just wasn't that it was just a different kind of game. So I was like, OK, like it's it's fine, but it's not mm-hmm. like I wouldn't consider it a really good follow game. Um, it was more like a Bioware game. But then after having played 76 and going back to four and really like digging deep into four and getting a couple of like quality of life mods and stuff in it on PC, I was like, damn, this is just like so much more enjoyable to play than 76. Oh, there's DLC coming for Dead Cells. Uh, mm. That might stop me from starting Hades. 
Oh, oh no! You've got to play Hades though. Hades is so. Uh, good. But Dead Cells is is like Dead Cells might easily be one of my favorite games of all time. Like mm-hmm. that's how that's how much I fucking love that game. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next story here. Uh, two key Bioware leads have left the studio. This comes from GameSpot. Uh, Bioware's Casey Hudson, who is the general manager, and Mark Dura, or Dara, sorry, um, who was the Dragon Age Inquisition executive producer, are retiring from the studio uh, to make way uh, for a new wave of creators. Hudson will be replaced by interim general manager Gary McKay, and uh, Dara's role will be filled by Christian Daly. Um, Dara and Hudson have been with Bioware for over 20 years, with Dara working on uh, as a lead programmer on the Baldur's Gate series, and Hudson starting as a technical artist on MDK2. What is that? Uh, MDK2? Yeah. Can't think of what that is. Mortal Death Combat 2. <laughs> Combat with a K? All right, can, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, can I Google this? Let's all keep guessing. Motorstorm... Death Combat 2. Oh my god, what is this? Yeah, wrong answers only. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's not giving me like a, a write-out of what it stands for. It's literally called MDK2. Oh, alright. So it's an old, it's older though now, right? <laughs> it's old, it's really old. Yeah. 2000, 2000, 2000. Um, so yeah, uh, and Hudson had previously left Bioware in August 2014, after which he joined Microsoft. He came back for a bit, uh, tried to clean up the Anthem stuff, and then and he's leaving again. Uh, what do you guys think this means for Bioware? They've had a kind of a, a rocky past. They haven't really released a great game uh, in a while. Uh, this could be good news. Like I don't know why they're leaving, necessarily, but I mean... You see well, people, you see people like get tired in their roles or like get stuck in their roles. Like if you're a person that was brought in to like save a company, so you're always worried about cost saving and then the economy changes, God knows what. And then now the company should be spending money. It's hard for that person to transition. Some people can, some people just are like, they're strong in the saving, but not strong in like the spending. And so it's best for them to transition out. So maybe like well, a new person coming in would help. I think people are kind of worried about this just because Casey Hudson was, uh, he was the guy behind like Mass Effect and, and Dragon Age and stuff, right? So he was like a big part of their success. Um, I don't think he was at Bioware when they started Anthem. Did, if I remember this correctly, they brought him in. I thought he bailed in 14 and then left and then when did... He returned to Bioware in 2017. So that Yeah, was yeah, he left in Anthem. 14. When did Anthem come out? Was that like two years ago? Man, what a what a hyped up game that everyone said was going to take ten years to make, and then like from from that first launch trailer, and then or at least that's what we were saying because it looked so advanced, and then this is what we got like not ten years later, and like I don't well, even, I, I forget about Anthem all the time. Well, a proper <laughs> a proper Anthem game may have very well taken ten years. Just what came out wasn't a Anthem game. That, that that's a fair that's a fair assessment. <laughs> so Anthem came out in uh, January twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. So almost holy ago. fuck i what? can't believe it's only been 2019 yeah i feel like it was longer oh my god that's Jan- a- no well the beginning of, of it's almost been two years but still yeah that's, I, you know it, what it is it, though, feels, it feels like it should have been 2018 or 2017 2020 is one of those fast slow years so i like this whole year personally i'm just writing it off like i just don't care about it i'm just sort of putting along and i don't care that was my that was my 2016 <laughs> why <laughs> There were just like I, I remember that was the year that like a bunch of celebrities died. Like Bowie died in 2016. 
Oh, and then I'm just and everyone's like, man, 2016 can go fuck itself. Let's just get over, let's go over and done with it this year. And then hindsight's like, man, I think we would love another 2016. <laughs> just bring that back. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, they have a new Dragon Age coming out too. So he's, they're even announcing um, uh, more info about it at the Game Awards in a, in like six days or seven days. Oh, good. Um, Here we go. So I'm I'm a little concerned, but I mean maybe the game's close to completion. I was gonna say no. at this point I would assume that if they weren't gonna have anything to do with it, then they're already they've been written out of it. Like this exit after so many years of the company would have been accounted for, like well in advance. Oh yeah, yeah. I just I just want to see that Bioware come back, but I even wonder if like a lot of the same developers are even there anymore. You know, what's the state of the the actual creative team that's there? Um. Clearly, they couldn't get it together on uh, Anthem. But I also heard that Dragon Age Inquisition was like the same development hell as Anthem. It just turned out a good game at the end. So, uh, Rocky for, is, for is is this is this the like not these exits necessarily? Although this could be indicative of it. Is this think, the beginning of the end for Bioware? Is this going to be think, like another Pandemic Studios, where like Pandemic was praised? For years and years and years, for making mercenaries and Battlefront and all this, and then it just fuck this like absolutely nosedives for whatever reason. I, I know I know it's a public reason, but I can't remember what it was. And then then it's I just think gone. The, uh, I think the success or failure of the next Dragon Age will will be a pretty good clue of what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I, I I can see them having such a bad game coming up that they it seems like bioware will like dissolve like i I can see the headlines now that that something's gonna happen and then they like reform again under like a slightly altered version of bioware and then they just kind of continue on kind of like what telltale did or thq nordic did like they kind of dissolved into nothing and then they kind of reformed under the same name but not the same company to try to kind of resurrect themselves from the dead i can kind of see that happening you know it's interesting that you say that because i was gonna say if the company shrinks, like let's say New Dragon Age doesn't do so well, whatever, company doesn't die, but it shrinks. I was thinking that maybe Microsoft would buy them. But they're already owned by EA. Yeah, EA already owned by EA. Them. Yeah, like they're not going but, to... Oh, I wouldn't be... Like if, if the company has to shrink, I wouldn't be surprised if EA would be open to that. I like think, that would be the motivation uh, of being like, hey, do you mind if we buy this team? And like whether it became... Whether it remains Bioware or Microsoft effectively buys the talent... And throws them at Obsidian or something. I wonder I, if something like that could happen, maybe. I can see EA dissolving Bioware before they ever sell them off. That, that, that's I, that's they, very true. They would probably just say, this is done. We're going to move these people here, move those people there. And then that's it. The name is done. If anything... They did with, uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, visceral. Oh! And and with Bioware uh, Vancouver, was it? Yeah. But, the, the didn't, EA, but didn't EA start that though like didn't they i they, believe they made that one for, yeah so like th- that that one i don't care that much about because it's like oh well this was your weird spawn child like you started this and then you dissolved it so like cl- clearly this kind of feels like it was meant to fail from the beginning but with visceral like they took that company and then they fucking killed it they took them out to the back of the shed and just shot them um didn't wasn't ea behind the death of pandemic as well uh oh, they sure. did own pandemic didn't they because like, cause they had the Battlefronts, Battlefront 1 and 2, the originals. I can... <sighs> wait, wait, that wasn't EA, though, was it? That was Pandemic. Pandemic made Mercenaries, I believe Mercenaries 2 as well, 
Panda or uh, sorry, uh, Battlefront One, the original, Battlefront Two, the original, and that's the ones that the stand out in my mind. I thought I thought those were still under the LucasArts titles, not the. Oh, maybe that's that's what it is. Is Mercenaries under under? Let's look it up. Mercenaries Playground Destruction. While Matt looks that up, I like I I can see I can see somebody buying like Microsoft buying the team in which is Bioware. But I have a feeling they wouldn't be able to buy the Bioware name. Like they buy that team and say, "Okay, well, we were going to start you under a new, de- a new development title, you know, MX Studios or whatever, and then let them work on something there." But EA would keep the Bioware name. I, I don't think EA was going to give up the the Bioware name. That's they're not going to give up the IP either. Yeah, they're really, oh, definitely not the IP. But I, I can see somebody buying the development studio rebranding it and then just saying go work on something new you got something there matt yep so i just looked up mercenaries and the first battlefront just to make it quick uh both uh both are lucasarts for publishers however battlefront also has on top of lucasarts aspire uh thq and it says more but it's like all caps so i think it's an acronym probably in different regions if i had to estimate hmm Okay. Um, next story here. Uh, Halo Infinite. Uh, they're responding to an unfounded Battle Royale rumor. This is from GameSpot. So Halo's community director has responded to a new rumor about Halo Infinite, and he shut it down. Recently, a rumor appeared that claimed one part of Microsoft's long-term vision for Halo Infinite would be to add a Battle Royale mode in 2021. Nice. Looks like that was just a rumor, and it doesn't look like it'll actually come to fruition. I was going to uh, say, Brian, wasn't, wasn't that rumor from like a year ago? It was a while ago because I remember their response was the only BR we care about is Battle Rifle. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> I love that great. fucking line. It's incredible. <laughs> that is exactly the kind of answer that I would hope from Microsoft. It's pretty lame. <laughs> I think it's perfectly lame. So <laughs> the kind uh, of Brian... BR we care is about Battle Rifle. <laughs> Everyone in Brazil is like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Uh, Brian Gerard, the uh, community director at 343 Industries, uh, responded to this scuttlebutt with a tweet. Nothing gets a post-holiday Monday going like fresh, unfounded Halo Infinite rumors. Oh my god! What's funny is like we we know very little about this game, and people are already trying to like put battle royales on them and stuff. Because I think we think it's going to be like a live game, right? Well, they like Halo Infinite. Yeah, Halo Infinite is supposed to be like a platform for the rest for like several Halos or Halo content anyway. Yeah, there was like an article about that. I mean, to be honest, because it's seemingly open world or like i'm not sure i I, i'm kind of trying to keep halo infinite in mystery for myself so i haven't looked up too much but like from what i've seen assuming that it's open world um or like whatever i wouldn't mind world expansions to be honest because i can see instead of you know classic content updates of like battle pass and stuff which i'm sure may come uh but like I can see them adding more areas to drive the Warthog in and more areas to take over. And that's really what live games are missing is a lot of live games don't have map expansion. They just have activity expansion. I For, for whatever reason, I feel as though Halo would add more map, which is what I'm really excited for. For whatever reason. Like, I don't I don't know why I'm excited for this Halo, but like, like I'm ready. Do you think a Halo Battle Royale could work? Kind of like the Call of Duty um, Battle Royales. Yeah, but um, yes in mechanics, no in marketing. Really? Because I feel as though Halo is for the uh, big sci-fi fans, specifically Halo fans, or old school shooter fans. And I feel as though it is not uh, 
it is not equipped as a genre or as a as a product as a as an intellectual property it is not equipped to deal with mass combat on like an esportsable evolving map that is like not real lore but like what you know what i mean like how would they like halo is very like lore based for the story guys for example and then just you know deathmatch and a few other modes for online how would halo handle sort of like evolving the map like like uh, apex does and like fortnite does and that you would have this weird disconnect between the story of halo which is very strong and has a lot of like comics and other stuff Ver- like it'd be like gears of war br like that game probably wouldn't work mechanically but let's hypothetically say it would i feel as though the same the same with gears of war i feel as though the intellectual property itself wouldn't make for a smooth transition they'd have to make like a fake halo it'd be like a hollow deck halo in the universe to say this is what the battle royale is so i i i don't i don't see it happening personally yeah i'm kind of in the same boat i i would wonder how like lore wise they would do that because one thing that's really prevalent in the halo ip is the lore like the story and i don't know how in universe that would work really it yeah because um like I've been looking at going back through the Halo games, because uh, of the the um, Master Chief Collection being on PC, and I, I've never played Halo on PC, so I thought it'd be this would be cool to play, and I want to play Infinite, so it'd be good to like refresh myself because I don't really remember what the hell's going on in Halo, and um, like I'm there for the story, you know, I'm motivated enough to play that for the story, like which is a total difference from Call of Duty, like Call of Duty lends itself. To having just sort of like this war zone map with this like weird online war because it's sort of like, oh, it's Call of Duty. There's no, there's no, no one's there being like, well, the story is very separate in Call of Duty, but Halo is a very arcade game where you're obviously separating the story from the online but that's but that's easy because the online is just like map mode play. If you start introducing lore into that multiplayer, I think it's going to get clunky. Whereas Call of Duty had enough of a separation, especially with things like the the one Black Ops that had virtually no no single player. Right, the multiplayer of Call of Duty, even sometimes sold separately, right, is separate enough that it can have its own story, its own this, its own that. Whereas Halo just doesn't... Halo has too much story built into its backbone. You know, it is really funny that um, Call of Duty still does campaigns. I know Black Ops 3 didn't, but... Or was it 4? That's why I said that one Black Ops. (laughs) Was it it both of them? (laughs) I think 4 didn't. They must have the data, though, and see how many people actually played the, uh, the campaigns. Well, I think I think the mistake the mistake is they they again they they try to wow you with the campaigns, um, and I think that you can do cool stuff that does wow people without it being like now we're in the future. It's like oh, okay, like you can wow us with World War One as Battlefield One has shown. You don't need to go crazy with the world. You need the situation to be crazy, like Battlefield One will until it's like until it's replaced in my mind battlefield one is the craziest the craziest online shooter i've ever played 
It is it is absolute and utter total unscripted chaos. Totally ridiculous. Right? And then like if you take it back to something like like the 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 story of Battlefield 1 as is a perfect obviously combination. It it shows the reason why it's so crazy. You know, it's like <laughs> We have this biplane that, like, has no rights being in the air. <laughs> like, it's a canvas and wood thing, and you're throwing bricks and bombs and grenades out of it to attack people that are in mud-filled trenches. Like, the situation is crazy. And then Call of Duty to do that same thing is like, all right, let's go to warp drive in these big old spaceships. It's like, oh, okay. And then, and then online, we can, in whatever Call of Duties it was, you can jump around with boost packs and, like, hop off of stuff and... You know what I mean? And it's sort of like, Advanced Warfare was exciting for the time, at least for me, because I liked I liked the idea of Call of Duty changing. But then it was just sort of like, it changed, but it wasn't like, here's a little jump and this is where Call of yeah. Duty is. It's like, oh, here's the trajectory, and then we're gonna go really crazy to the point where, like, Call of Duty is no longer boot... like, literally boots on the ground, as they've mentioned. It's like, oh, I'm gonna run over here, use my grappling hook, jump through this window, flip back over, use this other weird thing, use an ability, go here, and then I'm gonna shoot you in the head from behind, even though I was in front of you a moment ago. It's like, what? <laughs> so, that's my two cents. It's funny, of the two of those series, I would have imagined that um, COD would be the one that would be a little more goofy than Battlefield. Yeah, Battlefield, I mean, I don't like Battlefield 5, but, like, Battlefield, like, 1, for sure. Like, Battlefield 1, I would say, is, um... B- Battlefield 1's the best Battlefield, that in my opinion. And it and, and it's the best because it's, in my opinion, it's the most mature. Like, it, the story is super interesting. It has, like, I don't know if it's historically accurate, but it's, like, really cool. You get to see, like, the machinery and all, all the rest of it. And, like, the very, um... It's very primitive machinery, right? It's at the cusp of, like, the modern age, whatever, right? So we're starting to get planes. We're starting to get tanks. Meaning humans are starting to get these things. So you're seeing, like, the grit at the scale that Battlefield and that, like, DICE's Frostbite or just Frostbite or whatever it is, engine, with DICE's skill at making Battlefield games can really bring. And I think that's, like, that's how Battlefield 1 ended up on that PlayStation uh, plus collection whenever you like buy a ps5 you can claim all those games because like it is it is like an utter classic great single player great multiplayer it's just it's just really well done all right our next story here uh marvel's avengers sold below expectations according to square enix this comes from GameSpot. Uh, now an official transcript of a square enix investor briefing confirms that the game underperformed which resulted in the publisher's hd games division Posting an overall loss. I like how they have an HD games division. Like, did that only start once HD games started, and do they still need that HD? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo all of a sudden had an HD games division <laughs> once the, the HD... Wii U came out. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> the oh, HD twenty twelve before there was Nintendo games in ten eighty p. Yeah, I like. I like too at the Nintendo store in New York. They had the uh, the Wii's hooked up to a uh, HD TV. Oh, <laughs> gross! Uh, the HD sub uh, game sub segment posted an operating loss as initial sales of Marvel's Avengers were lower than we had expected, and unable to completely offset the uh, monetization of the game's development or amortization. Anyone else seeing that there? Amortization. Amortization. What does that mean? Let me take a look here. I don't know. I, I did a little more. I, I've been doing a little more research on this pandemic EA thing that I was going to mention uh, at the end of the show. 
the action or process of gradually writing off the initial cost of an asset. That's that's a business term that I'll yeah. yeah what the hell? That is uh, exclusively it, used by people who like went to school to learn that terminology, <laughs> and no one actually uses it in actual people who wear suits. Yeah. It'll come. It'll come. I'll, I'm going to use it in some of my in some of my emails now. It's like legalese. Nobody uses it except for <laughs> people that went to school for legal document writing. Uh, they hope to make up the, uh, uh, the the sales for the slow initial. Um, sorry, they hope, hope to make they hope to make up the slow initial sales by offering ample additional content to grow the, our sales. Now, See, what I find what funny I about again, that, man, fucking like having to stack shit on after the fact, and I guess it's I find, different when they have an underperforming game, but still. But they have that, that has to cost money to make that additional content. Yeah, it does. So it's like you have to you have to keep investing and hoping that people will play the game again. Yeah, like how many how much are they already down that they're like, you know what, we can keep making stuff. Like what when does it become too much of a loss? Yeah. I was gonna say um, something too about about Avengers and like Ryan, you can you can probably attest to this as well, is the the Avengers story, in my opinion, is a complete product. It is a, of a of a decent length. You know, you can say what you want about the story content and like who's who because like Marty wanted to play as the as like Thor and stuff like like you, you start as Thor and stuff later in the story and he wanted to play as the event like the big Avengers like earlier and be able to just to choose whoever and stuff. So, you know, it has its it has like some critique that it can have. But the Avengers story, in my opinion, despite whether you like the content of it or think it should be tweaked, is very much a complete package and it's totally fine. I liked it. It was, and I actually beat it. And I rarely beat those type of games, and I beat it pretty quick because um, I did play it a lot. The online though, buggy, buggy number one. But to build on top of that, the online feels like it was added in after, probably late in development, and feels like it's one of those games that you're just well. It, I mean, we've experienced it. You're just supposed to keep doing the same or very similar objectives on the same maps. Like you're just supposed to do this grind for gear that really kind of doesn't matter where the, when like the epicness, if you will, of the Avengers and even of Spider-Man in those individual games is what makes Spider-Man so good is the story, right? Miles Morales, the original Spider-Man game on PS4. The story is what makes those games great. The Avengers game, like I said, story's complete, but then it re it's relying on this game model, this gameplay loop of go to the like frozen tundra or the city or whatever they're called anymore and do X mission. Like, go kill the big robot. And if you s use your scanner to scan the map, little random question marks will be there. So there will be side objectives such as unlock door and open chest, unlock door and save a person find random vault and that's like there's the avengers play loop and they're relying on that when there's so little there if they wanted that multiplayer mode to begin with they should have designed it with more variance in mind that's i think the ultimate problem i think this game would get a total pass and probably sell okay at 40 to 50 dollars depending on the canadian or whatever and just being the story like the squadrons treatment. Yeah, I, I honestly like I'm not one for stories. I'm not one for, you know, I like Spider-Man and stuff like that, but I'm not like mega, mega into comics. Um, I like them and stuff, but it's not my main thing. And I really I'm I bought Avengers based on the, the beta and I really like the story. 
and like I beat the crap out of it. Like I played I played it to death over three or four days, and like I put good play sessions in and I beat it. Like I think that was forty to fifty ish dollars worth of content. Now I enjoyed doing the rep the repetitive stuff just because it was sort of the community aspect and I was leveling up my Thor character, right? But the instant you guys dropped off, there was nothing there. Like I wasn't gonna start leveling up my Iron Man. There needs to be more there for me to want to play as Iron Man. Like there needs to be more of these epic missions where, you know, you're like, damn, like I got to go and save this city. Not, oh, I'm going to this city. I'm going to go and farm these doors that I can open. Um, I haven't played it, but it just it feels like the the developers and the IP holder in this case, Marvel slash Disney, just kind of went down like the basic checklist of requirements for a for this and just hit the bare minimum and they said okay done send it out the door and based on name alone this should sell and they had like a pretty star-studded cast too like that's surprising to me but and like as 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 somebody who is all in on the marvel cinematic universe like the movies the shows the upcoming shows you know, and all the shorts, like, I don't need this game. Like, like, like they have created a near perfect, you know, uh, Marvel universe for me to consume. And they, they are, they can keep pumping those out and I will, I will keep taking it in as, as a, as a DC comics fan, I fucking love the Marvel cinematic universe. Like I don't need a off brand version of their own product to to play to get my moral fix like if if there was if there was garbage if there were garbage movies and they came out with a fantastic game or even a half decent game i could see the appeal of this i i I guess in a way it does it does on the flip side it does work out with batman like the the dceu is garbage but the arkham games are incredibly well received because they're fantastic games so like i get my fix from batman through that but I get my my Marvel fix through the movies, so like, like I don't know, Ryan. I feel like you'd be the next person because Matt, like you enjoy the Marvel movies, but like I don't know how you feel about them like, as a complete package. Like, like Ryan, how do you feel Marvel movies versus game? Uh, I mean, Spider Man is like the standout for for the game side, right? And I'm with Matt. the The campaign of of the Avengers game um, is fantastic, really. And and if they just made that, maybe they could have saved development costs on not making the, the live game with content down down the line. They could have had their Spider Man moment, you know, and made a good single player um, game. Hmm. I I think that excuse me. I think I think they're both very separate as well like even even though spider-man is good um like i I know the amazing spider-man came out a few years ago it was like a sony sony production and i played the amazing spider-man game and it was okay like whatever uh it was like it was passable i enjoyed it but just because i'm a big fan of of spider-man and so i think it was either spider-man or or amazing spider-man or amazing spider-man 2 is the one i played but it was like a movie the movie game and i enjoyed it um but the thing i guess the thing is is like I enjoyed it because I enjoyed the movie. 
Whereas these games, you can enjoy them completely separate because they are so separate in story and tone and whatever. And I've heard some comments on a podcast where they said that they changed the look of Peter Parker and the original Spider-Man, whatever, because in the original PS4 Spider-Man, because they wanted it to look more like Tom Holland. I don't really buy that. Uh, I don't know why they changed it necessarily. Like they have their reasons, whatever, but I don't think it's that. I, I still think that the it's definitely very separate. And the reason why I bought uh, the Avengers, having played the beta, is because I enjoy the movies and this just felt like a very simple beat-em-up game. I haven't played a beat-em-up game in a while and this is a very simple game just to get your hands on. Get your hands on, run around as Thor, run around as Spider-Man once he comes out on PlayStation, run around as whoever, and that's it. And to me, that's good enough. But it's 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 a, it's a not a companion to it. It's a... Uh, it's almost like a piece of memorabilia to the movies, if that makes sense. It's just like well, another piece of the license. It It's not because the movie is around that I'm playing it necessarily. Really? Like, yeah. I, I believe you. It's just, I feel like that's hard to swallow. Like, I, I think that my attention is drawn to the Avengers due to the movies. And, may, and, and that does play like heavily into the role of me buying this. But if, let's say, Ryan and Marty were playing it whether it's due to the movies or whatever and they were playing it and they were like hey let's all play it or you got all, all you guys are playing it and you're like hey do you want to play this and i was given the opportunity to try a demo or play the beta like i did i had enough time i had enough fun because because i recognize the characters right like i have to recognize the characters at least because i had enough fun just running around as the characters and 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 it had like i said it had been so long since i played a beat em up i was like oh this is simplistic enough like like i'm not there for a deep experience i think is what i'm getting at I think people that are really invested in the MCU are there for a very deep experience where they want it to be tied in and et cetera, et cetera, to the movies, or at least like compliment them or be at the same quality as them, whatever they're looking for. Me, I'm just sort of like, oh, like I, I like Thor Ragnarok. He had a hammer and I can fly around like a person like him. I'll buy this game. Like that's but, how simplistic my thought process is in this. But like, I, I guess may, maybe I'm a weird case, but like you, you're saying that, uh, a compliment to the MCU. Like for me, I'm a massive MCU fan. And I, and I, that's the reason why I, I don't give a shit about this game. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't meet that MC, the Marvel need for me. There's no itch to scratch. No, there's not. And, and Matt, if, if, how do you feel about the, the suicides, the either, okay. How do you feel about the, the WB Montreal Batman game, the co-op game, or the uh, Rocksteady Suicide Squad co-op game. How do you feel about those? So the Suicide Squad game, actually, funny enough, we've already talked about it. And if everyone gets it, I'll probably pick it up because it's just it's like that. Like um, that is a game in which I probably wouldn't complete the campaign. And that would be a multiplayer game for me, uh, depending on how it, I have to like it as well. Like just the gameplay as well. Um, absolutely. Uh, and now that you mentioned that, that is a good point. Like. The movies definitely, due to their, like, being in, in the zeitgeist, the MCU stuff, I mean, uh, it does definitely play a role in me liking the Avengers, but you're, like, you're not getting this game because you're saying there's no itch to scratch. I'm not even looking for an itch to scratch even when it comes to the movies. I'm going there. I really enjoy the movies just for the entertainment value. I'm not super, super into the lore. I just like watching superheroes run around and beat stuff up, and I I, I think the Marvel movies are, are fun to watch, and as a result, I liked the game. But I wasn't like I'm not there for the during the movies. Even if it's a Spider-Man movie, I'm not there for a deep experience. I'm there for just like I'm I'm like still at the kid level with with superheroes. I'm just sort of like hell yeah, let's go beat some bad guys up, and that's like my level of whatever. But 
obviously because I recognize the characters, I would play the Avengers. But like with Suicide Squad, like I recognize the characters kind of. And maybe if I really like the new movie, then maybe I would even play the story of the Suicide Squad game. But I don't have um, as big a history, I suppose, with DC stuff specifically as I do with Marvel stuff, specifically Spider-Man and those type of things. Mm. All right, let's hop into our last story for the Sorry, week. One, one more question to you, Ryan, just about Marvel, the Avengers game. What is your primary reason for playing that game? Uh, is it A, because it's a AAA title, B, because your friends were playing it, C, because it's a Marvel game? You can so, only pick one. So I was planning on getting it prior to Matt and Marty getting it. So it's not because friends are getting it or anything like that. Triple A title, for lack of a better word. That might be it, actually, because I do play most kind of triple A mainstream games, you know. Um, And yeah, I'm a fan of Marvel uh, stuff. Now, I'm mainly a fan of Marvel stuff through the movies. I don't read a lot of the comics. Um, So I guess guess because it's a... I can only pick one, though, you said? (laughs) Yeah. It's probably because it was Marvel, then. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I just I I feel like the the three of us have very different but criteria but, okay, for but, that game's existence. I but if we take it into into your DC fandom, like if you read DC comics, right? Mm-hmm. But does that mean you can't play DC games, or don't aren't aren't interested in DC games? No, but it it's I. I enjoy the Batman games because they're good games. I am totally willing to accept and not play a bad DC game if it comes out. Um, Oh, but we didn't really know it was bad until we played it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like for me, for me, I can, I can, I can kind of separate the, DC stuff to its its respective medium. Like, like I don't consider The Dark Knight a Batman movie. It is not a Batman movie by any means. It is a it is a a th- action thriller that just happens to have Batman in it. Like that's how that's how I see that movie. And oh, I, I and I can I can I can absolutely separate the and keep kind of like it's 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 respective mediums in place um but like i i fully intend on playing suicide the suicide squad game because i'm assuming it's going to be a good game because rocksteady's making it i fully because it's dc not because it's dc i fully anticipate not playing the other one what's it whatever the fuck it's called uh gotham Knights. yeah gotham knights because it's a wb game but WB Montreal game, and I fully anticipate it being mediocre. Um, um, I don't have the same rule with the DCEU movies. Like I'll go see the movie, reg- a DCEU <laughs> movie, regardless. But that's that's only because hoping they're good. Not hoping they're good, but the reason why I'm seeing it is because I just want to see a movie in theaters, not necessarily you want that popcorn. Yes, exactly. I just I want my my movie going experience, and the DCU one is whatever movie is out is the one that's fulfilling that need. You know, it's okay. a really weird thing that you can like totally do, but just feels really wrong, is going to a movie theater and buying a bag of popcorn and then just walking out. 
Yes, I I I know that's a it thing. Does go wrong. And I, yeah, and I'm definitely trying not to do that. Because there's that a, there's a low point that I can't come back from if I do that. <laughs> like like the Adriano that's coming out of there is not the Adriano that went. In. That's what that one. <laughs> what a what a thing to have a low point for. Like yeah. good lord. Yeah. But like 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 going back to the Rocksteady Rocksteady and and the the good game that just happens to be DC and the the likely bad game from WB Montreal that also happens to be a DC game is is I would I would absolutely accept a Rocksteady game from any IP. Because I'm assuming it would just be a well-crafted, polished game. Yeah, like that's my a good resume like right like, there. like my my made-up Ninja Turtles game that I thought was in development for so long from Rocksteady that I would I can absolutely Thank God it's not. Yeah, and I can absolutely envision in my head I would take in a second, but I'm not all in on Ninja Turtles. All right, our last story for the week: um, a bit COVID nineteen lockdowns, time and money spent on games is increasing in the U.S. This is from Gamespot. Uh, new data from the NPD group has provided a new level of detail uh, on just how popular gaming has become in recent months. In short, it's up across the board. The number of people in the U.S. who play video games has risen to 79%. Total time spent gaming jumped by 26%. And the total amount of money spent on games has increased 33%. According to NPD's numbers, uh, four out of every five U.S. consumers has played a video game in the past six months. That's pretty nuts, eh? That's crazy. That's a big. That's big. Eighty <laughs> percent uh, of consumers. That's, that's big, man. Have played a video game in the last six months. Uh, the like general that, trend. Oh, good. I was just gonna say it's probably partly why like Kayla has started playing so many games recently. Honestly, Hell yeah, it's because she doesn't really have like that many other things she can go and do, you know. <laughs> but she does enjoy playing Smash Bros. and she likes playing games when we can like play together. She's not big on like competitive stuff like we don't we don't play smash against one another we do like 2v2 um and she enjoyed playing through the last of us part two. Oh yeah um I, sh- I think she wants to uh play through ghost of tsushima at some point because i've been playing legends mode like um you know every every week or so i like get get a friend or two together and we've been playing legends mode online um and she's been like watching that and she likes she thinks it looks really cool and stuff so she's played a little bit of that as well so at some point she probably wants to play through the story as well but it is really interesting i don't know if it's just because of covid or if it's just because like i play video games for a living now (laughs) and the content around that that she's exposed to it a lot more maybe and has seen more variety of what's out there and is like oh you know maybe this is something that i could you know mess around with a little bit um i definitely think covid has absolutely played a part into into uh people playing video games um during this time yeah yeah no doubt i'm just saying in a particular example yeah i i can't imagine like sony or xbox ever in a world saying well there's a pandemic on and maybe we shouldn't be releasing a console during this time maybe we'll wait till after the pandemic but I, like that was just <laughs> that's, like, was that's like the saying, accident that the, that they decided yeah. to release like that their launch window was going to be in the middle of a yeah once in a lifetime debilitating global event yeah global event that forces people to stay inside and find entertainment by any means possible even if that means counting the fucking jelly beans in a jar yeah so, for them not to do that would be the equivalent of like <laughs> yeah um being like oh it's raining outside guess we can't sell these umbrellas like mm-hmm. this is the best time to sell an umbrella mm-hmm. and and people like are just again like i'm going to use my brother as a as a super passive video game player 
that has recently just kind of found a new new love for it after kind of moving out of Toronto and moving into a home and I guess working from home a lot more his video game intake has has skyrocketed um he has he's all in for for pretty much stadia as his primary he he's he's constantly asking for things for him and I to play with on PC I think him and I are going to start Star Trek online soon um oh my lord yeah because we were going to start it on ps i was actually gonna start on steam but then he realized he would rather play it on a console so he says let me wait until i get a ps5 and then we'll play it on playstation so so like he's he's actively looking for a ps5 isn't he trying to get away from multiple boxes yeah but he wants to um he wants to play stuff with me and like that is that's one of the things that like he wants to play stuff with me. He wants to play stuff with his with our nephew, and that's one of the things that he he wants to uh, go for. The Admittedly, that's a long term box as well. Like you buy yeah. it, you have it for like five ish or more years, and then it you is, can always just get rid of it. Yeah, it's it's also like it's also like a um, uh, um, you could argue that it's a media box as well. Like your apps are on there, so yeah, it's that's not just a it's not just a video game box anymore. Um, he actually did find a PS5 today, and he thought he ordered one. He, he thought, thought he ordered one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goes, what is the sentence? This is yeah. This is a great story. He uh, he messaged <laughs> us. He goes, "All right, I I pulled the trigger. I found a PS5 bundle. I bought it." We're like, "What? What was the bundle?" And apparently, one of our one of our friends he sent him a link for a a retail online outlet. I guess not a retail, an online outlet in which you the last one you would possibly think of. Let's play a game. Not thinking of the traditional online stores. It was Shoppers Drug Mart, wasn't it? You're not too far off, maybe, <laughs> I guess. If you guys had to pick one online outlet where you would think to look for for PS5, where, what, which one do you think it would have been? Uh, serious answer or a silly answer? Serious answer. I would check the source. Okay. Matt, you're saying Shoppers I would check. I would check. You know what? I I'm gonna say Shoppers is a good guess. It's, well, Shoppers is a good guess, but you, uh, you've already confirmed it wasn't it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal steal a second guess. I'm gonna say the brick. Okay, <laughs> Ryan, do you want to take a stab at it? I don't. I have. I can't even think of a place. Okay, so the bundle, he's got Leon's. Okay, Leon. Okay, <laughs> the bundle was. Uh, he ended up. The transaction went through for eight hundred and twenty six. Canadian. What the because hell has he bought? <laughs> it was a PS5 disc version. Okay. And then it was in slightly inflated uh, because they threw in either a free controller or a free game. So he paid for Spider-Man Miles Morales and then either got the controller for free or he paid for an extra controller and got Spider-Man Miles Morales for free. Cool. Bit of a bundle, right? The the yeah, it was I'm like, oh, that's actually for eight that's that's only like an extra hundred. 110 bucks on the bundle that I bought and he's he's getting extra stuff with it. The outlet was the shopping channel. What the <laughs> fuck? Right. And, yeah, and when he told me I'm like, "Oh, like I never would have I would never think to go for the shopping channel." But um It makes a lot of sense. Actually. Yeah, they they yeah, he, then he ended up go, he he got a confirmation email and then he ended up um um, he ended up uh, getting a, a cancellation email because apparently it was it, the the in stock was was in error. 
uh, classic. Yeah, so they ended up yeah. canceling it on him a couple hours later. It's um, like the Sony website. Yeah, uh, so he got a, was it? We are contacting you as a recent purchase of a PlayStation uh, 5 from... Uh, from today's blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, there was a technical issue, which is incorrectly identified as having this item in stock, blah, blah, blah. We had to cancel it. But they gave him a $25 gift card uh, to be used at any point in the future. Oh, Unfortunately, nice they didn't refund his $860. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> the, that's a definitely a... That'd be funny. <laughs> so, um, so he almost had one today. But... Uh, Damn. Uh, no, de- definitely... Uh, do you think that uh, the increase to seventy dollars AAA titles off the bat had anything to do, or do you think like that was a decision swayed by COVID? Uh, no, I, I I think it's kind of funny too because if you look at the the profits for all these companies, you know they're like massive profits. Tax them, tax them, and and here we have numbers of gaming sales going up. And I imagine this doesn't even include all the microtransactions of these people who are now playing more games, right? So these companies are making a ton of money, and I just think they see an opportunity to raise the the price by ten dollars, you know. So, like, do you do you do you can you honestly say like do you believe that if there wasn't a pandemic, and the numbers are and you know people were actually out socializing and not staying inside as much, that the that the the game price wouldn't have gone up anyways. I think they would have gone up anyway. I think I think really? it was always planned to go up at some point. I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I, I honestly do think that especially in a single player single player game like Miles Morales. Miles Morales is like a shorter title, but let's say it was a full feature length title and it was supposed to be full retail and that full retail ended up being the ten extra. I think that's fair. Well what is it right now? What is it's, that? It's cheaper. I think it's forty or fifty or something. Squadron streaming, eh? Yeah, it's something. It's 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 along those lines, but it is definitely it is cheaper, right, Ryan? I'm not crazy. Yes. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it is cheaper. I, I bought the ultimate for. I think it was the full the full retail of what a regular yeah, AAA is, game would be, which is great for a launch title too, because you're already buying like a five hundred dollar box, you know, and then you have to pay an eighty dollar game. If you could just get Miles Morales for like sixty dollars, wherever it is, Canadian, you know. Well, like to be totally blunt, the Series X has that in the bag. You just buy it game pass. Have, have game pass <laughs> you buy I, I, was, I was gonna say just like the <laughs> the good old days when you bought a when you bought a console and you got a game with it although playstation 5 does come with astro's playroom which is a pretty fun game does, and a uh shows off the controller doesn't it uh, also come with like the instant collection if you're ps plus like don't you just, just get like a bundle of games that's true that's true which you have to claim right. individually what? Yeah, but that's, yeah, it's not that big of a you deal. You have to claim individually. It's a little bit strange that way. Send it back. Uh, no, you, you still get them. <laughs> yeah, you still get them. Like, who cares? Um, uh, before you end the show, there, Ryan, I had a, uh, I did like sneak, a slight, a slight bit of research on this EA situation. So this is just reading oh. a headline and a byline of uh, a CNET article from 2007. <clears throat> Electronic oh. Arts pays 860 million dollars for Bioware. Pand- and Pandemic Studios, or comma Pandemic Studios. The massive video game publisher has purchased two game studios from a private equity firm in the largest deal in its history. And as a result, looking at a couple more of the games that I listed, Mercenaries 2, um, 
<laughs> Mercenaries 2 got the award for GameSpot's uh, GameSpot award for most disappointing game. Uh, anyway, but that one was an EA game, and that is actually available on Origin.com. And the Saboteur was also published by uh, Electronic Arts and Hands On Mobile. So there was like that handoff period. Yeah. Yeah. But like Bioware's in there too. I didn't know that they were both in that deal. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I didn't even know Pandemic and Bioware were like connected. To be honest, how much was Wait. the sale for? The sale was for eight hundred and sixty million dollars for both of them from a private equity firm. That's via a CNET article, October eleventh, two thousand seven, by Carolyn McCarthy. So, way back, way way back. And Microsoft bought Zenimax for how much? Eight. Uh, seven point something billion, I think. <laughs> I don't want to sound mean, but are they worth that? I'm gonna look this Is up. Inflated? I'm gonna look this up right now. What do you think about Disney buying Lucasfilm for four billion? I think that I think the Lucasfilm franchises are worth more than than Bethesda's. Although that was like what I don't know how many five, years ago. Five five years ago, six years ago. No, oh, no, more than that. Seven. I remember. Yeah. I remember we were in college when I read that. Yeah. Seven point oh. five billion. I feel like Disney underpaid. I think they. I think they got a good deal on that. Because I, I remember reading at the time that like Star Wars the merchandising made a billion dollars a year alone. Yeah. If, if Disney just sat on Star Wars for five years, they'd make their money back. But instead, Damn. they made they made a bunch of other movies and stuff. So. They definitely got a, a deal on that, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing, too, is, uh, like, I mean, just pertaining to that last story, with the increase of people playing games, the increase in value of these companies, like, Zenimax is probably the the biggest, most modern one that I can remember, right? The most recent, like, really big mm-hmm. acquisition. And, like, I don't know if it's $7.5 billion's worth, you know, whatever, you'd have to get an accountant in here, but it would be, mo- it would be worth more than the $860 million, certainly, that was paid for Pandemic and Bioware. Well, you you have to ask yourself if EA decided to buy Bioware and Pandemic today, what are they paying? That's a good they're question. Not, they're not going to pay eight hundred and whatever million. They're going to like like the inflation over the last ten years would would have to adjust for that drastically. But it wouldn't go up to seven point five billion either. No, but I also <laughs> like, but I don't know if they would be paying the four billion. Like like would they be paying? Like if EA had to buy Bioware today, are they paying more than what Disney bought Lucas Arts for seven years ago? Uh, or are they paying closer to what Microsoft is? Like like see see how ten years of of just inflation skews everything? Like what is what is any what is a like what is a dollar worth anymore? <laughs> at, at, at a certain point it becomes such an absurd number doesn't mean anything. Like like Nine nine hundred million in a billion doesn't mean a difference to me anymore. Like it's just like, well, that's such an insane amount of money. It might as well be the same thing. Yeah, I'm never gonna see it. <laughs> it yeah. Doesn't mean anything. It's the same yeah. thing to me. Yeah. I have a inflation calculator from the Bank of Canada up. So this is this is Canadian dollars, and of course, I'm leaving all the stuff as so it's not gonna be the most accurate thing in the world. Mm-hmm. 2007 to to 2020, 860 million would be. One billion fifty nine million five hundred eighty seven thousand eight hundred thirteen dollars and sixty two cents again in Canadian. Okay, so if I I'm trying to think if if I read an article today saying EA bought Bioware for one point something billion, like that'd be I normal. Get, yeah, yeah. Like I like I guess I would accept that. Like I I wouldn't be like 
Oh, I guess it's too much or too little. Like I like I I guess and I would like be tack okay 30% with that? on like you tack like 300 million ish on because of yeah. the difference ish and stuff. You know, all the all the bullshit fees you got to work in there as well. All 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 the all the change in the letterheads of all the paper you have to change, <laughs> change over. in the letterheads. <laughs> hey, that's expensive. All right, that's it. That's all we got. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks and, for joining uh, us, Ryan. Tim's thanks over for joining us, Adriano. Machine. No problem. Twitch.tv slash. Yeah, that figures. That's where I am. Four days a week. We'll see where, you guys next week. Where Where are you guys on the on the Twitch? Day Twi- one. Twitch.tv slash Day One Patch Media. At, at the bottom of the viewer list. Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Peace. Debbie Downer. <laughs> Let's see you guys. <laughs>